Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome, everybody, all you loyal steamers out there to uh, another edition of the Steam Room. This one coming to you from Miami, and it's the final episode of the year of season four. Charles, pull yourself together. I'm so upset right now. I just, I know y'all can't see me, but I got tears. Last steam room of the year. Acting chops off the charts. Man, I I actually am being, it's bittersweet. Uh, Ernie, I told you, man, this is, when we started doing this stupid podcast, I was like, (laughs) why the hell are we doing a podcast? And it turned into one of the most fun things I do. Yeah, we do. I know. And uh, it's so awesome. I mean, and this is really bittersweet because, you know, we, we I hate saying this because it's just basically bullshit. This is the last podcast with the legend, Timothy Kiley. Yeah. His, I mean, his segment will be coming up uh, know, in just a bit. This is bittersweet. So, because yeah, he's retiring. Yep. Um, wow. I mean, so. Last steam room, I hate calling him a legend, uh, but he's a living legend, and go miss TK. And so I got my first. I'm almost, of all, I'm almost too sad to continue, Charles. Yes. Okay, but I'll let you go ahead. So the podcast is supposed to be fun, but I'm gonna start on a couple serious notes. Listen, I hate to address this again, John Morant. I'm not even sure. I think Adam Silver said it best. I'm shocked. I'm shocked more than anything. I just don't know what to say. And let me tell you something. I don't I, I don't say that often. Man, Ja, man, you gotta grow up. And I think Kenny said something we were talking about on the show, like, yo, man, at some point it's not your friends, it's you. And I don't want to dwell on it, man. You just got to grow up. I don't know what the suspension is going to be. What do you think it should be? I think it's going to be at least 20 to 25 games. Uh, I don't have any inside information because the eight games didn't but do it. You don't, you don't need to have any information on it. What if you were the commissioner? 25 games. 20 to 25 games. You got to send him a, a serious message and you got to get him in some serious counseling because he only went to rehab or counseling for two or three days, if that. Because they say he went to rehab or counseling and then three days later he was in New York meeting with Adam. So he didn't go to, he didn't get anything out of the quite counseling or whatever he did. I would get him a serious personal life coach. Somebody the NBA or the Grizzlies hired, not him and his family. Somebody who's a professional saying what, what's really going on here. Because clearly there's something going on. 
Uh, so I wanted to address that. And I want to address the second thing is Zion Williamson. Yo, man, I don't know you. We've never met. You got to get somebody in your ear. I don't think the coach has enough power to tell you what to do. I don't think David Griffin, who's a friend of mine, has enough power to tell you what to do. But somebody got to tell you, like, yo, man, you got to get in shape because you're going to keep getting hurt if you're out of shape. I've told this story a million times. I'm so blessed for Moses Malone told me to get my fat ass in shape and made me lose 50 pounds. It changed the whole dynamic of my life. And somebody's got to get in your ear and say, yo, man, you got to get in shape. You're never going to be healthy out of shape. You're too big to play basketball. I hope you don't take this the wrong way. It's positive criticism, critiquing. I want you to be a great basketball player. I've been in your shoes being very talented, being overweight. And like I say, I thank God every day for Moses, rest in peace. Because if he hadn't took me on this wing, and let me tell you something. You're, you're playing the Moses role for Zion. Right? I would love to. That's what you're doing right yeah. now. And let me tell you something. I've seen dozens of guys eat their way out of the NBA. And it can happen quickly because once you start getting hurt, you're going to keep getting hurt and you're going to lose your talent. So that's the first two serious notes I want to say to those young kids on our last podcast. It's the most important summers of both of y'all lives. The next four months when you're on vacation going to dictate the rest of your careers. And let me tell you something, guys. My first contract was four years, $2 million. I got in shape for $2 million. And Zion, you're going to make another $500 million. All you got to do is get in shape. Ja, you're going to make another five. Y'all guys going to make close to a billion dollars. All y'all got to do is do the right thing. So, guys, I hope you guys have a great summer and get your crap together. Michael Block, <laughs> man, I want to thank you for making the weekend so much fun. Michael Block is the, 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 the PGA professional who, you know, if you know those guys, they don't play a lot of golf. They teach a lot of they golf. They teach a lot of golf, but they don't play a lot. And they get to shine once a year at the PGA Championship. And I just want to – it was the first time I think since 1985 that a tour pro made the weekend. The teaching pro? The teaching pro. Yeah. And I just love the way he embraced it. The video when he found out he was going to be playing with Rory McIlroy is priceless. The hole-in-one reaction is priceless. And him getting up and down on 18 – to make sure he gets to play in the PGA next year. Man, and I want to thank the fans for just cheering that guy on because, man, being a, a teacher professional is a thankless job. You're kissing ass with all the members, <laughs> and a lot of the members are ungrateful. But I just want to thank you for making the weekend. And also, Bruce Kepka, man, I'm so proud of you to come back after what happened at the Masters. Uh, you were just awesome. You know what, uh, Chuckster, the, uh, in all those years that we got to do the PGA Championship on TNT, um, 
one of the one of the cool parts about that. Number one, when you get to town and you're like Monday through Wednesday, you're just kind of walking the course mm-hmm. and you're inside the ropes and you're walking with some of these groups, watching them practice, yeah. you know, which is always fun. But part of the what made makes the PGA Championship cool is the addition of these 25 club pros. Yeah. And you would have a chance to meet them while, while galleries are all over yeah. the big names during these practice rounds. Then all of a sudden, and you'd see over here, you'd see maybe a couple of pros, and they would have one of these, one of these PGA professionals with them. You know, who sometimes it was their first time ever in an event like this. But to get to meet them and talk to them as they're walking and playing about what their daily life is yeah. like and what it's like to just, you know, they're in the spotlight here, but you're not there when they're showing up at six thirty in the yeah. morning at their club and then yeah. getting ready for a day full of lessons and that kind of thing. And it's such a reward for them to play in, in an event like the PGA Championship and having that knowledge of, of their existence. Then when I watch Michael Block, yes. it's like, how does it, you know, how did Michael Block even draw the club back on the first tee on number uh, on, on Sunday playing, yeah. with, playing with Rory as these people are going wild? It was, that was so far out of yes. his normal existence. I just I and, salute him. But to him. see the per joy when a guy says, you're going to play with Rory, he's like, <laughs> are you serious right now? Shaking his head and walking away. And then he still away. couldn't believe it. He said like, wow, let me take that in for a second. He says, are you being serious right now? And that pure joy is what I love about sports. And then to have on that on that final Sunday, to have Rory McIlroy giving yeah. you a hug because you, you jarred one. No, it, you send that back to rewrite. Say, yeah. that's, that's too corny. That's, that can't happen. But it did. It, and it, it, is, was, so, and it was so yeah. cool to watch. So shout out to him and Brooks Kepka. Congratulations, Brooks. Anything else on that sheet? Yes, I got a couple, two more things, three more things. I just say, I want to thank TNT for getting hockey. Man, the hockey playoffs have been amazing. This is, I don't even know the stats, but it's got to be the most overtimes ever that's in the conversation. I stayed up and watched the four overtime game the other night, and it was incredible. Then yesterday, you had the Vegas Knights scoring with two minutes to go and winning in overtime. And I'm so proud of TNT for getting hockey. And the guys do an amazing job. And I can't wait to watch. It's going to be cool for TNT. I mean, we're going to have the Stanley Cup Finals. Incredible. The Stanley Cup will be awarded on TNT. TNT. I mean, to have the Stanley Cup Finals on our network, man, it's going to be incredible. And I just want to say I'm so glad we got hockey. And the last two things. I just want to say, Jeremy, we gave Jeremy a shout out last night. Jeremy Levin, yep. I just want to thank him for all his hard work the last 10 years. I know he's been with Turner for 23 years. You know, the people behind the scenes, you know, obviously I'm close with Alex and Underdog, and but the people behind the scenes, behind the cameras, they work so hard. You know, we go on TV at 7 o'clock at night, and they're there at, at 1 o'clock. First of all, I have no idea what the hell they're doing for those six hours. Can't be that damn hard. 
but it's a lot of preparation. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, no, I just want Joe doesn't do itself. Yeah. Take it. But I want to thank all the people behind the scenes. And I just want to give a special shout out to Jeremy and thank him for some amazing years. It's been an honor and a privilege. And last and definitely least, <laughs> Timothy Kylie. You know, the legendary longtime the, producer. The legendary longtime NBA. producer. This is his last show and last podcast and last game tomorrow. And people know how close we me. don't know if it's his last game tomorrow. Oh, You're yes, saying we do. the Celtics are, yeah, don't no. have a chance to beat the Miami Heat? Uh, that's a hard no. Okay. There that's you a go. hard no. And I just want to, you know, people know that they don't know how close me and TK are. But man, he's been great for me. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of vodka, as he says I said. <laughs> vodka. And uh, it's been an honor, man. He's been a great sounding board. I've been calling the principal office a few times over the years about things I said. But he always, you know how when somebody kicks your ass as a parent and then they put the arm around you? Him <laughs> and David Stern were probably the two best at kicking my ass and then putting the arm around me right after and said, that's it. So I just want to thank TK for, man, he is a legend. It's so funny when I'm around guys from ESPN, they're like, man, you guys are so lucky to have TK. And I say, yes, we are. So I just want to thank Jeremy and TK, especially TK, for being an amazing sounding board for all these years. So to those two guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you'll have a, a, an opportunity, and I will also, to speak directly to TK before uh, before the podcast is over. So don't you guys go anywhere. We'll be back. We welcome you back to the steam room. This is big today, Ernie. This is big today as we continue uh, from Miami. This is the yes. first steam room, or, or maybe have we done the steam room remotely before? I, I don't think remember. we've ever. Oh, yeah, I think we did it in. Chicago one time in the st- remember like oh the, yeah yeah, yes. yeah we did for All Star Weekend as a matter of so the, we got a very very special guest should we go two time Super Bowl champion All Pro tight end Saturday Night Live host what would be the best way to bring on our next guest I think you've uh, you've covered it all oh right wait a there. minute. Brother of Jason Kelsey. <laughs> there you <I> go. Mean, <laughs> that's that's quite the introduction. And uh and so we we welcome Travis Kelsey to the steam room and, and we only have one rule, Travis, and that uh, is when you're in the steam room, please keep your towel on. Towel on. Towel on, man. You never know who's uh who's got their drawers on or not, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey Trav, I wanna number one, thank you for being on. So you're saying this is your first day back to practice going against the fences today yeah no we're uh, we're entering uh, what would be phase three of uh otas which is the off-season workouts um it says it's all voluntary but you already know we're trying to go and get another ring man we're uh, everybody's pretty much in the building uh pat Mahomes is out there leading us in uh, practices and um yeah this will be the first day that we actually get to go up against the defense and and uh, and get some competition going everything from uh, from when we started until now has just been kind of like individual drills and stuff like that just to get the body back into into playing shape and stuff like that so um yeah excited to to take that next step and get even closer to the season you know this is a very uh unique opportunity we have today because um 
Chuck, when when you were growing up, and Travis, I don't know if you know this, uh, Chuck wanted to be known as Travis. And did you know, Charles, that when Travis was growing up, he wanted to be known as Charles? Fill us in on your on your end of the story. So I um when I was five years old, this is probably 93, 1993, 94. I uh, I moved from kind of I moved closer to the city. So when we moved, I um I thought it was the perfect time to tell the the neighborhood or the kids that I was meeting that, you know, I'm officially changing my name. So I didn't I didn't love Travis. I uh, learned to grow into it, I guess. But um, yeah, Chuck was my favorite basketball player. Um, there were a few other uh, Charlies that were uh, that were uh, that were on the movie screen that I that I loved too. But I mean, uh, Chuck was by far my favorite basketball player. And yeah, I was telling everybody in the neighborhood that my name was uh, Charles. We had a block party, and of course, all the moms and everybody are bringing their their dishes or hanging out, and everyone's saying how nice of a, of a young man or a young boy that uh, that Charles is to my mother. And um, my mom's like, what? "Where's this Charles thing coming from?" And uh, sure enough, she found out that I was telling everybody my name was Charles uh, at the uh, at the block party, man. But um, yeah, that was, that was the last time I told everybody my name was Charles. So thanks, Chuck, man. I appreciate you motivating me. Well, I appreciate that as a compliment. My story goes: I hated Charles, and there was a great basketball player in my high school called Travis Abernathy. And I said, Mom, can I please change my damn name to Travis? There's never, Charles Barkley doesn't sound good. And I said, I might become a great basketball player. And Travis Barkley sounds a lot better than Charles Barkley. And she says, you're not changing your damn name. That's your grandfather's name. And we used to joke about it. She said, aren't you glad you kept Charles? I says, I'm glad I kept Charles, but Travis would have been so much cooler. But, you know, what's really funny about that story when we go on the road to work, I'm working. I don't normally like to be bothered because I don't even go out and watch the game in person. I want to sit down there so I can look at what's happening on the court. And I'm downstairs one day, and they come to say to me, Travis Kelsey want to meet you. I said, a great tight end? They said, yeah, he want to meet you. I said, hell yeah, I want to meet him. And Travis comes down, and we have a moment, and we talk. And ever since then, we swap numbers and we text back and forth. And I'm so proud of his success. Now, my friends were so impressed. After they won the Super Bowl the first time, I FaceTimed him. And, we're, you know, I go to Vegas every year for the Super Bowl. My friends like, you're FaceTiming Travis Kelsey right after the Super Bowl. And, uh, man, it's, it's just <laughs> been great to be a friend. And I'm so proud of your success. I got to ask you this, though, because – Winning the Super Bowl for the second time had to be bittersweet. Beating your brother in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, it. I don't. I don't. That's never happened. It never happened. Tell me about that experience. One moment you're happy, and then you got to go and give your brother a hug. It was. Uh, it was a weird feeling, man. It was a weird feeling when I won the first one down in Miami against the 49ers, It was. Um, it was like everything I had ever hoped it would ever be. And um, it was the exact, I would say pretty much the opposite um, winning it this year uh, in Arizona against my brother, man. Cause uh, you win it and you see everybody on your sideline getting excited. You see, you know, coach Reed, Pat and all your teammates and uh, your emotions are high, but you know that your brother's walking across the field and his, his dream just got ripped right out of his hands. 
And um, you don't know, you, you, there's really nothing you can say to a guy. I was just fortunate that, um, that you know what I mean, they played their tail off. They gave their best effort. Um, it was it was one of those games where it went down to the wire and, and anybody could have won it. It was just whoever really had it last, whoever had that ball last. Um, so he had nothing to hang his head about. Um, he played a, he played an unbelievable game. The Eagles played an unbelievable game. So, uh, you know, it's uh, there's nothing you could say to a guy after he loses the Super Bowl that's going to make him feel any better, especially in uh, the, the hype that was, uh, you know, everybody tried to make it the Kelsey Bowl or uh, – it was a, it was it was just a unique experience. But the 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 one thing that I remember the most about that entire week is uh, the the week leading up to the game, um, how much uh, the world really appreciated and accepted my family and uh, the the you know just the family atmosphere that me and my brother have, that me, and my mom, and my dad have, and uh, to be able to put them on a pedestal and kind of shine light on them and how how unbelievable uh, they've been as, as parents and uh, you know how fun it's been as a family growing with them. Um, that was the coolest thing that I think I've ever been able to accomplish in my career, for sure. Hey, Travis, in high school, you were a quarterback. So when did it uh, sink in that that was not going to be where your future uh, <laughs> would lie in terms of football? And 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 uh, and at the same time, as you talk about your, your, your career as a quarterback, what is it like to watch what Patrick Mahomes does in that position? You just have to be a different, different – uh, different type of uh, professional to be a, a quarterback. You got to be, you know, kind of like uh, Captain America. You got to be, you got to do everything the right way. It's, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain image that you have to present, uh, not only to the team and your teammates, but to, you know, the organization or the, uh, the people that are, uh, that are following. Um, I realized that I wasn't uh, made for that, you know, not only because my arm talent was very <laughs> average, uh, because you have to just have this uh, this entire like uh, I don't even know what to say a full package of like professionalism and um, at tight end you don't necessarily have to have that you can kind of just show up be you um, have fun in the have fun in the room and everything like that you got to take it a little bit more serious as a quarterback and uh, I don't like to take anything that serious. So uh, I, I realized that I could still help out the quarterback a lot and still have a lot of fun uh, playing tight end. Um, when I made the transition in college, it was it was like I found a whole new love for the game. I knew how a quarterback thought. I knew how a quarterback uh, wanted to see things from the pocket pocket perspective. And I just kind of adapted that into how I was doing things on the field, uh, running routes and and uh, blocking for guys and things like that. So I um. I was uh, it was it was a blessing in disguise that uh, that, you know, Coach Bush Jones took me out of the QB room and threw me in the tight end room. But um, like I said, I found a whole new love for the game when I moved into it. You know, it's it's you're climbing the ranks. I know you got to be humble. You're climbing the ranks in the conversation as the greatest tight end ever. You know, you on the short list with you, Rob Gronkowski, Tony Gonzalez. Shannon Sharp, you 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 comfortable with that as you keep building your resume? I mean, I I'm extremely comfortable with it. It's 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 such an honor to even be in the the same talks as these guys, man. Are you kidding me? Like the, the to hear you say that a, a very respectable, you know, an, an a ex athlete that understands, you know, 
competition. He understands, you know, a good teammate when he sees one. He understands a good athlete when he sees one, a good professional when he sees one. For you to say that, that means a lot, man. And uh, as, like I said, as long as I'm in the talks with it, man, that's all I care about. I, uh, I just know that, you know, I, I go out here and give everything I can for this uh, this Kansas City Chiefs organization because I, I genuinely like the, the people that I go to work with, man. I love coming into work every single day and I love, uh, you know, running around out there and banging heads and, and scoring touchdowns, man. It's just, uh, it's been an absolute blast, man. So uh, who knows if I end up uh, taking the crown from a guy like Tony Gonzalez or uh, catch uh, Rob Gronkowski, if if I could ever get as many touchdowns as him in, in my career, man, that God, I might have a chance, but there's a, uh, there's a lot of guys that I just respect in the tight end room that if I'm in the same talks as them, man, I'm doing something right. Yeah. I got to ask you this question though. Cause this one thing that annoys me about football you, Jerry Rice, I don't even look at Rob in the same situation, but I always said to myself, why are these two dudes always open? Why can't y'all stop them? Because <laughs> like in basketball, we can stop. We're like, let's take the ball out of this dude's hand. But when I'm watching you, I'm watching Jerry Rice, I'm just, yo, man, why are these dudes always open? Why the hell are you and Jerry Rice always open? <laughs> oh man then uh, you just put me into the conversation with the other goat man I appreciate that Jerry was so <laughs> smooth in how he ran routes he never he never kind of like tipped his cap on what he was going to run next and uh, and it was a different day and age back then but it was a it was a running league back when Jerry was uh, was playing so you know the box was full and you were really one on one outside and I mean you put Jerry Rice one on one with anybody that's a tough cover right there so I can see him go getting open all the time. For me, I just get lost in the sauce. I get lost in the madness in the middle of the field. I I, I manipulate linebackers and I I, I confuse safeties. Um, and if they want to go man to man, I'll you know that's when my basketball skills, at least I think uh, that's when my basketball skills come come out of me is uh, is in my route running. I, it's, if you if you watch me, it's like I it's like I'm crossing over. Um, I'm hitting you with an in and out, but I, I never had to handle this on the court, so <laughs> I was I was just faking it till I make it, baby. Um, but yeah, so that's I don't know. I, I I guess a lot of it has to do with uh, Coach Reed. This offense, um, a lot of what he does is uh, is very confusing to a defense already, and I just add to it by uh, not trying to tip my cap on uh, on what we're doing. Hey, Travis, I'd love to get. Uh to have you and Chuckster compare notes here having he's he's done Saturday night live a number of times you recently oh, yeah. were able to to host that show uh number 1 just in terms of butterflies uh before you go live on SNL what does it compare to football wise it was like nothing i had ever experienced man it was uh, it was that's why I, it's it's hard for me to say that it wasn't like the coolest thing I've ever done because playing in two Super Bowls has always been my dream. But I secretly being on SNL, just being on SNL has always been a dream of mine. So to be able to walk out of that door, walk down the steps and have a monologue and sit there and have the entire world in your hands and talking to them like they're your like they're your best friend. <laughs> It's um, it's a feeling that I I just can't explain, man. It's so freaking cool, and um, Lauren Michaels and everybody over at Thirty Rock, they do such a great job of making you feel comfortable in what you're doing. Like that, the script that I had for uh, the monologue that I had felt so genuine to me, and I could just tell the story how it is and tell the 
um, tell the world exactly who I am. And it was, um, it was just so much fun, but, um, the dress rehearsal right before the actual live show, man, I was shaking my boots. <laughs> and, uh, I, I really don't get too nervous. I, I get more excited for opportunities than I get nervous for opportunities. And man, I was, uh, I was in my head about it all. I was, I was trying to deliver the best, uh, the best speech, the best monologue that I ever had. And, um, Sure enough, I, I had a few hiccups in the dress rehearsal, and I knew that uh, I knew what I had to do to, to you know, at least uh, keep my composure for when we went live on Saturday night. You know what's crazy, Trav? I know I can read, and I was like, I was so <laughs> nervous to walk out there to do the monologue. I says, "Damn, I know I can read. Why am I so nervous? I'm shaking like a leaf." And I says, "Dude, all you got to do is read." And you're still nervous. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> man, it's crazy. And I, I'm, I'm happy for you. At least you can read, man. I don't know. I, uh, I might have missed that class a few times. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I, as you know, Chuck, there's a, there's a Wednesday before the show. You go through about 20 to 40 table reads. You sit there and you actually just read every single script. Um, and you try and figure out whatever uh, whatever skits that that you kind of fit with the best. That's really where you find out which ones are are hitters or not. And I um, I'll tell you what, man, I hadn't read that much on a piece of paper since high school, or maybe maybe in college I read that much. I don't know. It was uh, it was like burning my eyes how much I was reading uh, that week, and it, it tests me in that regard. But um, yeah, no, it was uh, all you have to do is read, Chuck. That was it, baby. Just go up there and just be as, as cool as the other side of the pillow, man. How many times did they snatch your clothes off and they're screaming at you? Two minutes, and they're trying to get your next <laughs> outfit on. I mean, that was crazy. Like you got you got like four women. One of them got two of them got a leg. The other two got a shoulders, and they're like two minutes. They snatch your clothes off. You're standing there in just your underwear, and they have to velcro the next outfit on, and they're like. A minute and 45, a minute and 30, one minute. How many times do you have to do that? Every single skit. Every single skit. It's so much fun. It, it, it happens all so freaking fast. You get yanked off the stage. You get thrown into not even a dressing room, just like a corner where the 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 three girls or the four, four ladies that are helping you out just kind of cover you so that nobody can see you, but you're, I'm, I mean, I'm six, five, I'm staring over everyone with my shirt off and nothing but my drawers on. And just like, Hey, how are you? Just put the shirt on here. Don't mind me. Yep. This, she's zipping up my zipper and she buckles my, you know, my button on my pants. I'm just like, well, I've, I haven't been dressed like this since I was like five years old, man. But it was, uh, it was wild. It was a wild experience, man. And it was a roller coaster that I'd love to do again. That's how, that's how much fun it was. So now you want to be an actor, huh? I'll tell you what, man. If there was a, uh, I um, I've always had fun like imitating people, and uh, comedy has always been, you know, my favorite style of uh, of movies or TV and stuff. And doing SNL just made it, made me see it from a different perspective, a different professional like perspective. And um, it's something that I'm I, if if I do get into, I feel like I'm going to have to dive in deep and and really get in uh, get into my bag about things. Trying to try and really take off with it, but I, I had a blast doing SNL, so I think that's uh, that's something I'm definitely going to keep exploring. Hey, you know, I want to ask you about your brother. Your brother called me last year. He wanted to talk about retirement. I says, "Hell no!" I says, <laughs> "You can do nothing for the rest. Of, 
You, I said, dude, I said, Jason, let me tell you this. You can do nothing for the rest of your life. Ain't nothing going to be better than playing pro football until the day you can't play anymore. And I said, dude, you can be a, a dad. You can be a carpool dude. You play football as long as you can. Because once it's over, you, you're going to miss it. What does your brother mean to you? Man, I um, we we've had such a unique upbringing. Um, I don't I don't play any of the sports that I played growing up without him. And he's literally two years older than me. Uh, he started playing football in middle school. I started playing then. Um, when he went to high school, we went to the same college. I followed him to Cincinnati University of Cincinnati. Shout out to the Bearcats. And then uh, Coach Reed get, drafts my brother in Philly. Two years later, he goes to Kansas City and drafts me. Um, so my entire life, I've just kind of been following these footsteps or these stairs to success. And my brother has just been leading the way, just being the bull, the bull in the china shop, just knocking all the barriers down and all everything in the room down for me to be able to just kind of walk in and <laughs> live happy-go-lucky and what he's been for me as a, as just a brother and just a, you know, a mentor in my life is one thing, man. But, um, what he's, what he's done, uh, to make my life so much easier, uh, professionally. I mean, we just had coach Reed on, uh, on our, on our podcast, new heights talk about, I don't know if he's, he's drafting me without Jason, you know, showing his professionalism and, and who he was in the Eagles locker room and things like that. So, um, He's the reason why I wear number 87. He was born in 1987. Uh, and I feel like that's when it really started for uh, for the Kelsey wow. boys uh, in the NFL. So I, uh, I I have a lot of love for that guy, man. And I um, I can't I can't thank him enough for what he's been for me. How much fun is it to do a podcast? Just tell us about your podcast, the name and everything. I know about it, but tell our, our guys, too. Uh, the New Heights, baby, with uh, with Jason Kelsey and my brother. My, my brother, Jason Kelsey, and myself, um, we started it up just trying to, you know, I don't know, really just have a have a conversation. We didn't think it was going to be, you know, where it got to today. We we just uh, we wanted to to find a way to kind of, you know, take our relationship and, and, and showcase it to the world. Um, and it took the right uh, production. It took the right uh, people to kind of get it all together and. Um, yeah, what what we realized is that um, we hadn't had that much time to talk just football and life with each other our entire careers. And it's kind of like we sit back like, man, why haven't we been doing this since the jump? You know, I get two hours specifically every single week to just sit here and talk to my brother uh, all the way on the other side of the, the, the States. And um, it just kind of brought us together even more. And I think the... the the following that we have, the 92 percenters that we got over there, they um they show they 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 appreciate, you know, seeing that growth and, and us bonding and that sibling banter banter that uh, that you see in a lot of households. Um, and on top of that, man, my brother's uh, <laughs> he's a riot. So he, he's not shy to say anything on mic. You can uh, you can check us out on uh, anywhere you get your podcasts or uh, follow us on uh, social media at New Heights Show, baby. Hey, this. um. The whole family aspect of this, and you, you kind of touched on it when you talked about the Super Bowl, but when you're on that stage, does your mind go back, not during the game, but just 
that whole time surrounding the Super Bowl, does it go back to those mornings where you remember mom and dad taking you to the rec league games and your oh you man, know, you and, know and it. that whole vibe and 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 man, what, yeah. So what's it? What's that like? How gratifying is that when you remember that and you think of the sacrifices your folks made to to make sure you could play and that kind of thing. Well, it really takes me back to the days where, because my dad was always very involved in, you know, the uh, the booster clubs in my like, or like the uh, the parent like group that would help out with the uh, with the football in middle school, and he was the one holding the chains on the sideline during the high school games, and um, <laughs> so my father taking us to practice, making sure our pads were all set, making sure you know after you know a week of practice, you know, bringing home the 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 um the pants and the jersey and making sure we're washing them and taking them into you know I'm I'm wearing my jersey every game day on Fridays all of it that week before all of it we had a dinner and then the entire family was there and it just felt like I was a little kid I was like 15 years old and I was just stuck in that world because everybody was able to see my family and kind of go down memory lane with me and um, I was able to showcase, you know, just how awesome my parents are and not everybody gets to be able to put their family on a pedestal and, uh, get to showcase their, their mom and dad because of how amazing they are. And that was such a, it was, I was just so fortunate, man. And, uh, like I said, that's, that's probably going to be what I remember the most about the entire experience. Trev, I know how competitive you and Pat are. Don't lie. Tell the truth. How hard have you been working on your golf game, getting ready for the match? Chuck, you know I'm I'm grinding right now. I've never hit the range like this ever in my life. I'm starting to figure <laughs> some things out. I was out playing yesterday. I hit the range for about an hour, went out there, and still shot an 85 like I was a scrub. I, I, I was kicking that thing right and left. And I, I, on the range, you really find like <laughs> you think you find it, and then you go out onto the onto the course, man. And for whatever reason, man, whether it's the lie or something, the, I always blame it on you know outside factors. It's never me. It's always, you know, what I mean the lie. I got to just keep practicing the, uh, the the different elevations of shots, and um, but I, I am getting I am getting dialed in. I am getting dialed in. I'm getting uh, getting better with the wedges and uh, and off the tee. You know, you know me. If I get off the tee, I can actually play golf. It's when I spray them right and left and I can't find the freaking ball off the tee. That's when it gets ugly for me. Travis, I am convinced that there's some there's some phenomenon uh, at work where somewhere between the range and the first tee, something falls out of the golf cart or falls out of your golf bag. or No matter how you are striping it on the range and you say, oh, let's go. I cannot wait to play today. And then that first tee ball off the first tee is going to be one of them duck hook or one of these banana flares out to the – and it's like, where did that come from? I didn't hit a ball like that the entire time I'm on the range. It's good to know that there are other folks out there besides me who uh, <laughs> who have uh, experienced this phenomenon. Oh, yeah. I'm right there in the boat. That's actually why I've stayed away from the range. You know, I don't want to mentally be in a place where I, I feel like I'm comfortable. So I'll stay away from the range. And Chuck knows this. I was – when we when we played out in the Tahoe or out in American Century in in, uh, in Tahoe, um, I'm going straight from the parking lot straight to the first tee box. I may try that if I'm going to be on the match and I'm going to you know be teamed up with uh, Patty Mahomes and go up against you know arguably the best duo that uh, 
the NBA has ever seen and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Um, I'm going to hit the range. Just I'm going to grind it out just a little bit before, but I don't know if I'm going to hit the range uh, before the match. I want to be in a certain uh, mental place that, uh, you know, I'm not getting frustrated with with my first swing. You know, hey, man, I just want to thank you. I know you got to go to your real job. It's been awesome getting to know you these last few years. I'm so proud of your success. It couldn't happen to a better, better guy. The only thing I ask for you, I got to meet your mom. You touched on it during the podcast, watching her doing the Super Bowl, because obviously I'm an Eagles fan, and just watching her, I mean, my daughter, who's the greatest thing ever happened to me, I can't imagine as a mom and a dad having two kids, number one, go pro, but also playing in the biggest sporting event in the world against each other against each other <laughs> so that's the only thing i hey i don't want to borrow money i want to meet your mom one of these days man I, it would honestly it would be an honor for her too you already know she would she would love to meet you and uh you know it's um it's so freaking cool saying saying how how we initially met the story you told earlier on the show that was I, on the flip side. I was sitting there like, man, Chuck knows who I am. This is crazy. I wouldn't call my mom. Like, remember when I was Charles, the guy that I was saying I wanted to be like, I just met him on the court. He knew exactly who I was. This is crazy. So my mom knows all about you. She knows about you. And she knows about your big personality and how awesome you are. So we'll definitely make that happen in the near future, man. Without a doubt, baby. Can't wait to see you out there in uh... – in Vegas at the uh, at the Capital One's the match. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes taking on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, June 29th on TNT. Uh, you're a good man for hanging with us for a while today. Thanks for keeping the towel on too, Trev. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep the towel on all the time, baby. You already know it's a fun, it's a fun fun gig you guys got going here, man. I tell everybody all the time, man. I usually mute the games and then turn the volume back on whenever uh, halftime and uh, post game come back on. You know, just to see the real show on on TV, baby. Thank you, brother. Hey, have a great practice. We'll see you in Vegas. You know, see you guys soon, man. Enjoy it. That's <laughs> awesome, man. It's so funny though how yeah. he wanted to. You wanted to be Travis. He wanted to be Charles. My mom wouldn't let me change it, though. She says, that's your grandfather's name. The legendary, longtime producer of Inside the NBA, Tim Kiley, has entered the steam room for what appears to be the last time. I'm going to let you use that this time. All right. But this is it. TK is retiring. TK is retiring. Um, Old fart. Chuck. And yeah, you got that part right. Um, so we have an opening on the steam room. If you'd like to be a special correspondent next t- next year, and and you are and you are legendary in some regard, we have an opening. Uh, Application is now being accepted, and we'll be right back. Congratulations, Ernie, to Charles. His voice almost made it to Game Four. Yeah, you know, yeah. You almost know. made it. It's, just it's, by this still, it's still better than yeah, no, I the know. old a, Chuck. Yeah, like all-star the old Chuck. All-star weekend yeah, Chuck. All-star where, weekend I told Chuck you, I where by cigars. Thursday, he sounded like Dikembe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've already said, man, we're going to miss you. Thank you, Chuck. I'm going to miss you guys. I mean, it's we'll so, pop around, hang out. Yeah, we probably can hang out more now. Than we did while we were actually working. Maybe at the mall, a little yeah. orange. Yeah, Julius. we go to Orange Julius. Julius. Yeah, there we go. go. We can go to Chipotle. 
That's it. You know, I, I'm a big Chipotle guy. Yeah, you're I a really? big oh, everything. Yeah, I love Chipotle. Do you? I do. You I thought really? you don't oh, yeah. eat guacamole there. I, can I don't eat that, guacamole. Right? You know, I don't I know, eat that. I know it's green mush. So. Yeah, green mush. That's all it is. No, I just, uh, I, I wanted to mention something that uh, Jeremy asked me some ideas on best moments that I remember us doing. That's you no guys best pulled, moment. No, that you, you, I know there's billions, but you guys brought something up yesterday. Tugboat Joe was one of the funniest things. Tugboat I, I, Joey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joey Underhill out there at the, in the in the in the Bay Area, yeah, <laughs> talking to every girl on the sideline. Oh my God, whoever thought that that was appropriate to do it wasn't appropriate at all but it was just like hilarious that was, that me. was you there's <laughs> there's joe i confess <laughs> you know you know it's so funny you, you the question you asked because it would be like asking somebody who their favorite kid was yeah like because that's actually when we did remember we did the documentary on the show yeah 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 I forgot half the shit that we oh. had done over these years. <laughs> Same here. And, and I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm laughing my ass off. And for us to ask, for Jeremy to ask you, can you say pinpoint one of your, like, there's no way possible. Because mm -hmm. that was stuff I was laughing at in the documentary that I forgot we did. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So that, it, it would be impossible to pick out one favorite segment of our show. Even for me, it's so crazy. Well, I have uh, one of our, Ernie, you remember we used to do this, the way back, way, way back machine. We used to end the night a lot of times with, what did we learn today about Chuck? Yes. So um, there was always those types of, of moments where we found out he licks his phone to clean his phone or whatever the other bizarre He's thing never he used an ATM, doesn't yeah, wear drawers. Exactly, you know, yeah. drawers. So anyhow, this is a quiz about season four. Of this of the particular steam podcast. Room. Okay. So are we ready? So so this is more of a short term memory thing. Yeah, so we're is, probably well, his age is we'll that's probably all, that's be all even I got. Worse that's than all that. we got is that's his all age. I, got. I, I, I think I remember my hotel get, room, but I'm not quite sure what I'm that's why they write the number. I'm gonna get yeah. nothing right here. All right, Ernie, this is for you in episode five. We learned that Chuck mistakenly dialed and spent fifteen minutes on the phone with the wrong person because he dialed the wrong number. Yes. Who did Chuck attend to call and who did he actually call? You yeah. asking er Ernie or me? I'm asking Ernie. This is an Ernie question. See, he actually called Mike Fratello, but he thought he was calling a uh, very similar sounding name. A uh, Steve Fiorello. Yes. Yeah, Steve Fiorello, our director. He thought he was calling he thought he was calling him mm. uh, to talk about what the Cleveland Browns yes. or something like that. And then but on the other end of the phone is Mike Fratello. The ultimate butt dial. And then and then Chuck never admits it. It says, well, good talking to you. Bye. So uh, It was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And I could have kept it a secret and got away with a lot until y'all busted me on the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, Fratello called me laughing. I love Mike Fratello, man. But it, that was that was hilarious. I played it off good. Hey, Coach, good to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is for you, Chuck. In episode 12, Ernie, a rabid, rabid bird watcher, named his three favorite birds to catch a glimpse of. Can you name just one of the three There's birds no he likes? There's no chance. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what birds I like. Think, uh... First of all... First of all, what? We've already done first of all. Think about Ozzy Smith. No, I didn't. I didn't know you could get any whiter. 
until you told me you were a bird watcher. Like, look, the, we've got a new crew in here. We've got a new crew down here in Miami. Okay, let me ask you, anybody like to watch does birds? Does anybody here watch birds? Hell no. Does anybody There's no feed bird birds? watchers in here. Do you have a bird feeder at your house? Hell no. Nobody got no damn bird feeder. What kind of bunch of. What a kind of. Nothing? Ernie. You don't feed birds. You don't watch birds. You don't enjoy when a bird flies down the in your backyard and you can see him. No, nobody does that. I guess that's, I, I guess that, I that really is, am really that's white. As white as you can get. Okay, I guess I am. I dress the the for the scary show. About it, he has to go. Not only is he sitting in his backyard looking at birds, he goes and buys them food. Yeah, there's nothing whiter than that. Where's my phone, by the way? <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's over there. Got some new pictures on my bird, buddy. And you take pictures of them? I got a, I got a feeder that takes pictures of the birds when they're eating. Oh, oh that is white as that it is can top, be. Top shelf right there. That's white as you can be right there. You want to know what the birds were? He doesn't care. First of all, I can't believe Eastern this. Bluebird, Goldfinch, yeah. and think St. Louis. The Cardinals. There you go. Not that tough. I want to know how these birds got their names anyway. I would think an eastern bluebird is blue, Chuck. Mm -hmm. I would think a goldfinch is gold. Well, how did it get the term eastern? Because that's where where they're from. Does it stay just on the east coast? That's it. Look at the cardinal looking at me. How do you know that's a cardinal? That's just a bird. Because it's a it's a northern cardinal, as a matter of fact. Wow. It it only flies north. The app does? You know what the app does? It takes a picture of it, and it tells you what kind of bird it is. So there wow. you go. Episode six, Ernie. Episode six of what? What did you, of this episode? <laughs> no. Now you're throwing me off. I'm very yeah, nervous here. What did Charles suggest, suggest as a potential alternate name for the Steam Room podcast? I don't care. He doesn't care about my birds. I don't care what his alternate name was. Do you remember what it was? No, I don't remember what it was. This the stupid pod podcast? Pal, the Pod Pals. The Pod Pals? Hey, was I here for that? I okay. just read Episode? them. I don't write them. Okay, let me tell you something. Did he, right. did he really do Nobody that? Nobody used the word pals anymore. Okay. <laughs> Apparently you did. No, we don't, we don't. This is Mike Kaplan who keeps track of everything. Look at this Eastern Bluebird. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. This dude got pictures of birds on his phone. Yes, Chuck, I do. In episode seven, yes. Ernie recalls his fam- favorite Christmas gift ever. What's the name of the battery-operated tank that would run over pillows uh-huh, yeah. and stuff that young Ernie loved so much? He's, he, doesn't, that again. he doesn't listen to what I say on the steamer. What's the name of the battery-operated tank that would run over pillows and stuff that young Ernie <laughs> loved so much? A toy. He's got no Tiger Joe. There you go. Tiger, Tiger Joe. Joe. All right, now we're rolling. I think Ernie's crushing you on this. Episode seven. Let's go to Pedro. Hola. Chuck reveals that he played a musical instrument for a whole three weeks. Can I give you a hint? It's not vocal. (laughs) My man, Pete. I I love Pedro. What a good dude. Uh, The drums. There you go. I think we're (laughs) we're closing in, Cap. Are you keeping score? I, I'm in the game, and I have no idea what the score is. This one's an, uh, another video with a question from uh, ep- about episode five. Who's this for? Uh, this is for Charles. Uh, okay. Let's go to the Road Warrior, your pal, your golf pal, Grant Hill. Oh, God. 
In episode five, Ernie told a story about getting big time by a movie star while working for WSB in the 1980s. Which movie star <laughs> snubbed The Godfather? I just want to say this. I hate that guy so much right there. I hate Grant Hill. Why? This dude sends me videos every day from the driving range. Mm-hmm. He keeps saying, and then he when wants, the Black Masters rolls around, and he oh, just, I got a board. He runs like the coward that he is. Yeah, he runs just like the coward that he is. But he sends me. Go, he calls me when he's on the plan with his friends. He facetimes me, talking about I want some Chuck. I want some Chuck. And then every time the Black Masters rolls around, oh, I'm working, Chuck. Board meeting. Board meeting. You're at a board yes. meeting. Yes. So I just hate. So Grant what's Hill. the answer to the question? Who snubbed him? What big, huge star snubbed him? Remember, that's right. See, on the, he doesn't. He doesn't no, 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 listen to anything right I say on the pod. Tongue. He doesn't listen to anything I, I, I say I on the pod. Listen to you. Any stories that I have are like hmm, I what? listen to you all the time. <laughs> I actually get sick of listening to you. Uh, what I do? Uh, Probably the biggest grossing movie of that last year. Maybe, could you give him some more hints? James Cameron. <laughs> Avatar. Avatar. Tom Cruise, you bonehead. Oh, Tom Cruise, you're right. You remember that one. Yeah, sure. If you remember it, it, where were we then? (laughs) Uh, No, Tom Cruise is on my bucket list. Where was I? I hear that. Where was I? And you was working for a local TV station. Yeah, but where was I when I got big timed? Or when I got snubbed? I don't remember. At, at Road Atlanta, at the ra- at the That's racetrack right. up yeah, there. He was, he was doing Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. He, he was getting ready to, yeah, so he was doing some hot laps up there. And, and there we were, yeah, me, Tom and, my, me and my... Dave Darling, my photographer, right there. Tom comes out of a room, hey, we would love to be able to talk to you about what you do. Hey, guys, yeah, let me, uh, we're just going to go to lunch here, and when I come back, we'll knock it out. Didn't happen. I would have went he to He knocked lunch. it out. It was gone. Yeah. It was gone. Yeah, Tom, Tom Cruise on my bucket list. All right. Well, there you go. It's round four. Well, even after that description of my encounter with yeah, him? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Good. You may be surprised, Chuck. You might get the blow. Hey. Blow, bum. The man was hungry. <laughs> hey, the man was hungry. <laughs> this is a toss-up question. First one to say the correct answer wins. In episode four this year, Bill Hader tells a story about being fired from his job working at a movie theater for spoiling Titanic. the end of a movie. There you go. Ernie's on top of it. Final round for got Ernie. Fired for, got fired for uh, giving away the plot of Titanic <laughs> to a bunch of sorority girls <laughs> well, who had disrespected him as he was a ticket taker. Like, Well, first of all, you don't have to be a road scientist, road scholar. Road scientist. A road scientist. Road scholar to know how Titanic A rocket ends. scholar. You have to, is it, I'm dumb as rocks, and I know how damn Titanic ends. A lot of people going to drown. That's like the movie The Alamo. Uh, a lot of people going to die in that little place. Custer. They're coming over the and hill. Coming it ain't going to be good. Like Titanic, The Alamo, spoiler alert, it's not going to end good for either. All right, I'll I'll say that that, <laughs> that Ernie's winning right now, but here's your chance to tie. Well, it's him like up. eighteen to three right now, isn't yeah. it? I don't have episode any four, about. Ernie Charles reveals an idea for a tattoo that we are all trying to forget oh, ever since. I, I regret to ask you to remind us, but what is it, and where is it? It's uh, it's on his backside, and it's mom or it's wow, depending on if you're upside down or not. It's mom. You put two M's on your ass. And just if you're standing up, it's mom. If you bend over, it's wow. <laughs> wow, mom. 
Uh, Look at my poor, tattoo. Poor late mother would be very proud Hello. of that. Hey, mom. Wow. <laughs> just Chuck, last chance. Last chance for what? He's he's well. We're he, just he needs right he needs here. like eighteen runs in the no, bottom no, of the no ninth. Question. That's what we're going so for. This is I a triple a bonus question. <laughs> Charles, what is the phone number for your answering machine? Four four eight seven zero. You dingus! I don't know that. Nine eight seven nine eight seven zero three three zero four four nine eight seven four zero three three. I don't know who I'm working four with. Four four. Okay, nobody nine. knows. Do we really? Number. Do we really want to do a season five? Yes, we <laughs> do. Yes. Do we really want? to I don't do know. A season we want to do a season five. All I can five. say is, is that if they'll let me show up, I'll show up. TK, you got to show up. It, well, in fairness, not like you have anything else to do. <laughs> I mean, how are you going to spend retirement, TK? I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna lose weight with some help from Charles, who's been giving me tips. On his weight loss, mm -hmm. I know that's a little scary. So I tell you, obviously, I'm down 57 pounds now. Congratulations! Uh, I got to get. So I was talking to my doctor. I can't get to 250, which was my plan weight. So I'm gonna get to 270. Uh, I, I started my journey at 352. Uh, I weighed in last week at 294. So I'm gonna get to 270. Ernie, I am going to go to Iceland. Are you really? Are you? Yeah. Why not? It's well, like where the earth was born. So let's go see it. Yeah. Ernie, thank you for Love another you, great TK. year. Love you guys. That's been a lot, yeah. like a lot, Ernie, lot of you great often years, say, It's man. like brothers. We're a band of brothers. You yes, got that we are. Right. You got that right. That's over there and better than that one did. <laughs> the uh, answering machine, for those of you who knew the number, hey, comes your way next. Spoiler alert. Titanic and Alamo go in the same way. A lot of dead people. <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Come and join us in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Of all the things I'll miss until we begin season five of the steam room, is your is your lyrical version of the uh, told you brother the theme song? You don't call me old brown eyes for nothing. Yeah. You know we always wrap it up with uh, with what we call Chuck's answering machine. Uh, the number is four zero four nine eight seven zero three three zero. Between now and season five, you can call that and leave leave a message uh, even during the off season. Might be well, something that, something that we can use for uh, for the first episode of season five. Am, am I speaking uh, like prematurely, saying there will be a season five? I assume there will be. Uh, meantime, let's get to call number one. Hello, world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message. Hey, fellas, it's Stav, original oil steamer from Sydney. I'm calling to congratulate you on another <laughs> wonderful season where you made us laugh and think and feel like you always do. We had a loss in the family recently. My uncle in Cyprus passed, which, of course, drew back into focus the most important thing, family. I'm curious how you block out distractions and frustrations, which in the big picture are little things. How do you maintain absolute focus on what's most important? Sending love from down under. Stav. Stav is, Stav Stav is, is an best. awesome, 
individual from day one of this uh, of this pod, making us laugh, and making us think. Yeah. Um, you know, number one, sorry for your loss. Um, you know, and I'll let you take this because you've had a rough period in your life, uh, losing your son, Michael. You lost your mom and you lost your sister. How do you balance all that? See, I was hoping that you were going to answer the question first because I, I was thinking about all of this because that was... Like that was in the span of of uh, less than a year and a half. Yeah, and um, you know, I think you uh, number one, you realize that you're not the only person in the world who's Dealing got with that. Stuff. Who's got that? You know, and yeah, it's a lot in it in a short time because you're. you're but I think uh, what I've realized, I'm not. I'm not trying to get over it. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to deal with it, and there are going to be some days that really suck, and there and there are going to be times where something happens in the middle of a day that just blindsides you, and all of a sudden you're like, you're in a you're in a tough spot. But but I think also just um, cherishing the memories that all three of those family members gave me in the, those moments from Michael and Dawn and, and my mom. And, and that, that gets you through some of those times. My faith sustains me and, um, uh, no I'm, I'm going to see him again. So that gets me through it. But man, there are just times, Chuck, like Michael used to love it when I would laminate pictures of cars for him. Cause yeah. one of our biggest things was to go to car dealerships and get brochures and then come home and he would pick out the pictures and he wanted me to laminate. And then we would put them in a binder. And then invariably a week later, I'd say, you want to look at those pictures? He'd say, Throw them away. And so all that work would, would go, <laughs> would, would be for a, a week's worth. But there are times I'll be in a store and I'll walk past a, a display of, these new laminators and it knocks the wind out of you. So I know there's not an answer. It's yeah. like, it's like from one day to the next, you know, we'll get there. And, and for me, I have to always remember like, okay, I'm the leader. So I've been a leader of my family since I was 16. I was raised by my mother and grandmother. Uh, and so I've been really leading my family since I was like 16 and the one thing I try to do is everybody's looking around for me to lead. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I was like, I can't ever go crazy. I have to be upset privately, not when I'm with them. Because, you know, Shaq always has an interesting phrase, and I actually agree with it. He says, if the general don't panic, the troops won't panic. Mm-hmm. And I actually... I hate saying Shaq is right anytime, but I <laughs> but actually, you're about to. I do agree with that, and especially with my mother and grandmother, they were very sensitive. Anytime somebody died or somebody bad, something bad happened, I wanted to make sure that I supported them and stayed strong. So, hey, Stav, Ernie, the phrase Ernie, mom used my phrase. Shit happens, and. There's nothing you can do about it. But Ernie Diaz says something interesting. He says, stuff happens to everybody. And you just have to keep going. 
this, this thing life, it's a journey. It's never a destination until, until it's over. But good stuff going to happen. Bad stuff going to happen. But you just have to keep going. Yeah. Plain and, and simple. And, and don't feel like you have to put on this, this, uh, this face of, uh, oh, no, I'm, everything's good. I'm fine. Look, there are going to be times where, you just, where it's just, hey, it's a bad day. Okay? You know, this is going to happen. And uh, Self, My yeah. daughter has a phrase. She says, and Ernest just said it, sometimes things just suck. Yep. Yeah, so there are days like that. Some days just suck, plain yeah. and simple. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Yeah, nothing in terms wrong of, with it. Yeah, it's just, that's the way it works. All right, next. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Ernie. My name is Hayden calling from Swansea, Massachusetts. I was lucky enough to go to game one of the Celtics versus Heat game. Right before you guys went on the air, I saw Ernie, you gave each member a fist bump. But when you went to Charles, you guys pointed at each other and went, yeah. Just wondering where that came from. Thank you. <laughs> hey, it comes from the great Pedro Martinez, who does that in our baseball studio. <laughs> and and basically, it's this. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, so. we stole that from the great Pedro Martinez. <laughs> I mean, we stole it. And I don't know where Petey got it, but he does it all the time. And it's just so hilarious and, when and, he does it. Yeah, and he's such a good dude. Yeah. And when I met him for the first time, I was like, I think I asked TK, I was TK, I got to meet Pedro Martinez. And when you meet a celebrity or a star and they're awesome, you're like, man, that was great. And Pedro, we see him all the time during the playoff. We don't see him a lot during the regular season. And, man, he's just such a good person. And uh, him and Grandy – um, J Roll, J Roll, yeah. and Lawrence Shahadi. Oh, Lawrence Shahadi is yes. awesome. So uh, we we stole that from Pedro Martinez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Next call. Hi, Chuck and Ernie. <laughs> this is Garrett from Tallahassee, attending Florida State University, and I'm a loyal steamer, keeping the towel on and tight. I love listening to your podcast and enjoy hearing the interviews and personal insights on multiple important topics. My question for both Chuck and Ernie. Throughout the entirety of the steam room, which answering machine message meant the most to you or impacted you to where you felt like you have really made a positive difference to that person? Thanks, guys. Oh, it's, it's easily two of them from me. That was this soldier. One of my charities is Wounded Warriors, and it really bothers me how our government don't take care of veterans. And there was a veteran who said he was really suffering from PTSD. And he said he was really having a hard time. And he says, I, and I don't even remember, so he said, I stumbled up upon the steam room. And he says, I just want to thank you guys for brightening my days. He said, I was really having a hard time. And I just didn't know what I was going to do. And I stumbled upon the steam room. That meant a lot to me. And there was this lady who lost her job during the pandemic. And she says, you know what? I had all this free time. I started walking and I started listening to you guys' podcasts. Those are two that stand out to me to answer your question. I mean, that's... that's yeah, a, I can't remember yeah. specific yeah. names, but yeah. there have been several. And I think yes. every time we hear those, Chuck, it's yes. like, really? You know, we're just... 
sitting around talking to each other for an hour and 15 minutes, you know, and, and, and like our show, it's not like we sit down and rehearse segments of it or say, we're just kind of reacting to what, what each other say. And then drawing from whatever our life experiences are when we, when you get to be over 60 and you've, and you've uh, lived a lot of life as, as we have, we've seen a lot of stuff and, and we're just kind of sharing that. And for that to resonate with somebody, that's, that's important to us, not to make us feel like, hey, we're really doing something. Just because, look, we're all in this thing. Um, we're all waking the up. The teacher. Yeah, yeah. The teacher who who called in and we had him on, the, on here. Yeah. He says, I indoctrinated your guy's show into my students. And your guys know Ernest's daughter's a teacher. Teachers mean a lot to me. So I forgot about him. But, man, when we get a call like that on the answer machine, it brightens out there because I said it earlier, and I'm not even joking. When we first started this thing, I was like, shit, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do a podcast. (laughs) And they're like, we would like for you and Ernie to do a podcast. And it's turned into one of the coolest things. Some of the guests we've had have been incredible. But the calls have been incredible also. And the thing that shocked me was – when we first started getting calls, none of them were from the United States. Yeah, I mean, the guy who did uh, Gladiator, right? He called in and says, "I'm a." I was like, "What?" He said, "I did. I played this character in Gladiator." I'm like, "Are you serious right now? <laughs> Somebody who's that serious listening to our stupid podcast?" Yeah. So, man, we appreciate you calling in. Yeah, just like look, we're all trying to help each other from one day to the next. Yes. And, and there are folks who will who will inspire you today or tomorrow that you didn't see it coming, or they will have a, an encouraging word for you. So if if we're able to do that every now and then and kind of help you through a day, man, that's awesome. Next call. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Ernie. This is Nell calling from the mean streets of Milwaukee. <laughs> just wondering if you have any fun, exciting, or interesting plans for your summer. Uh, play some golf, probably, Chuckster. I'm playing golf every day. Hang out with some grandkids, Chuckster. You know, this has been an incredible year, year, 14 months for me. You know, two people I admire are Ernie and Clark Kellogg. And we have been talking about grandkids. <laughs> and I've had a crazy, amazing life. I don't go crazy or get overly excited about a lot of things. I mean, I enjoy them and they're exciting, but I don't go crazy. And Ernie and Clark would be like, yo, man, having grandkids going to be a life changer for you. I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be pretty cool. (laughs) But let me tell you something. Until you have grandkids, you can't even put it into words. And when I see little Henry now, he's 14 months. And now my daughter and her husband shocked me and named little Charlie after me, Charlie Eliza. I can't even put it into words. And now Henry is starting to walk and run around, taking a walk with him. (laughs) I can't wait to do that more. You should see yourself right now, man. It's crazy. And, you know, and I told Ernie, I'm starting to act like white people now. Because for some pe- reason, white people always want to show you their grandkids. You're 10 times worse and, than me right now. And I right was now. like, I never got that. 
Because I've never shown, I don't remember showing pictures of my daughter when she, like, her childhood. (laughs) And my white friends, they always want to show me kids how cute their kids are, grandkids are. I'm like, I know they're cute. I see them. Now I see myself. I'm showing pictures of my grandkids. Like, it's crazy. And it's amazing. So my summer is going to be spent watching these kids grow up and like I say, little Henry's to the age where we can take walks and play around together. Oh, by the way, Chuckster, look at little Adler, by the oh, way. Oh my goodness, look at that. This is yeah, this is Eric's latest uh Eric and Quinn's latest youngin Adler. This is just unbelievable. So you're right. And you know what it does, Chuck, and and all you folks out there who is there who may not be there yet, but might be. You think that you, what it demonstrates to you is there's so much untapped love inside of you that you didn't even know was there until now these, now these new creatures are walking around and I got five of those guys now. And there's this untapped fountain inside of you. There's, man, I thought I'd, I thought all my love was wrapped up in my wife or my kids or my, and it's like, wow, there's a lot in there. Yeah. And that's a pretty encouraging thing. You know, and that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of grandbabies, two grandbabies, but a lot of golf. I'm going to play golf. Yeah. I'll hit the beach too. Uh, Keep your shirt on, Kenny. I'm not go to the beach and keep my shirt on. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny's got an awful body. On TMZ, aren't going to be following me around. <laughs> that's right. That's, right. <laughs> that's a story for another podcast. Right. Yeah, TMZ's not going to be following you around. Uh, Good point. That was a lot of fun, Chuck. It was another man. great year doing this. Man. Hey, man. Another thanks. A uh, thanks everybody behind the scenes uh, on the steam room. You guys, and our girls. esteemed producer Michael Kaplan, esteemed, esteemed, oh, esteemed Lord. room. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank and that was, and also. I want to thank all the guests. Yes. You know, because I understand you get so many requests but for your time. But not many requests from Charles Bart. Yeah, yeah that's because that's, that's the game changer. But I do. I want to thank all the guests. Like, obviously, everybody who work on the show. But listen, all the guests, man, I know you get pulled in so many different directions. Thank you for taking the time. And thank all you loyal steamers for uh, listening yes. for another for another uh, season of the Steam Room. We will be back in the fall. Yes, as the NBA season uh, tips off again. Until then, uh, here's a good idea: just re-listen to every season of the Steam Room. That's a that's a possibility yes. too. Yeah. And thank you, Travis Kelsey, man. You're awesome. <laughs>